You're listening to Retail Disrupted, a podcast that explores the latest industry developments and the trends that will shape how we shop in the future. I'm your host, Natalie Berg. When shopping for electricals, over 90% of people begin their shopping journey online, and less than half the market now transacts in-store. That is a quote from John Roberts, CEO and founder of UK online electrical retailer AO. And I can still call it an online retailer because it's one of the few players that has broadly resisted the bricks and mortar calling. They've dabbled, most online retailers have. In fact, they used to have a handful of in-store concessions with Tesco, and they still do have a B2B partnership with Homebase. But as Roberts told Retail Week recently, he is comfortable being a pure play online retailer. And he says that standalone stores are not in their medium term plan. I think these comments are really interesting, and I think they really serve as a reminder that there is no cookie cutter approach to retailing. What might work for some brands or some categories might be totally irrelevant for others. And of course, electricals is an interesting category. It was, of course, one of the first categories to make that transition online because it's one of those categories where, you know, there are relatively few surprises when that product turns up on your doorstep. You know what you're going to get. You've done your research. You've read all the reviews. You've compared prices. And so, yeah, the, you know, this category just lends itself to digital. And not to mention that from a retailer's point of view, there is a bit more margin to play with than, say, grocery e-commerce. A lot more than grocery e-commerce, as I've said on, on previous episodes. But because there's this extra margin, you know it's not going to kill your business to steer shoppers towards buying online. Okay, so I am going to totally shift gears for a second. Last week, I had a rare midweek treat. I went with a friend to the Hampton Court Palace Garden Festival. Some of you will know, not all of you, but some of you will know that gardening is a huge, huge, huge passion of mine. It's something I was really drawn to when I moved to the UK 18 years ago. And I've learned a lot in that time, which is code for I've killed enough plants to finally know what I'm doing. (laughs) Sort of. (laughs) But Hampton Court is an absolutely stunning setting. It was, of course, the very famous home of Henry VIII around 500 years ago. It's where his third wife, Jane Seymour, died and where Catherine Howard, his fifth wife, was arrested for treason. And more recently, it's also where the Netflix series Bridgerton was filmed. So there you go. I know you're loving this mini Tudor history lesson, but you're probably wondering, am I listening to a retail podcast? What does this have to do with retail? Well, there was one observation from the show that I do want to share with you, and that is the power of super fans. The majority of people at that show were there because they really wanted to be there. And you could just feel this joy and happiness that just kind of permeated throughout the day. I know that sounds so cheesy, it's so not my style, but it's true. It was palpable, this appreciation for planting, for nature, for nurturing things and watching them grow. And people would just go past pulling their little crates that were loaded with roses and verbena and these 
tall ornamental grasses. And everybody was in a good mood. You know, there was live music and the sun was shining. There was pims and people could walk through the show gardens, watch demos. You get tons of inspiration, tons of ideas to take back into your own gardens. And then finally, you get to do the shopping. Kind of like Ikea, but a highbrow botanical version. Okay, that's totally not a fair comparison. <laughs> but you catch my drift. And so to bring this back to retail, when we think about reinventing physical stores, firstly, goes without saying, it's essential that retailers understand their core customer, that they understand their brand purpose, and they understand what it is that differentiates them from their rivals. Because shoppers today don't just want fast, frictionless experiences. They certainly don't want mediocre, vanilla experiences. They want an experience worth ditching their screen for. And I know that's a phrase I keep coming back to, but it's so true. And at Hampton Court, it was all about engaging the senses. The looking, the feeling, the touching, the smelling. <laughs> it's all about getting inspiration and advice and then having the confidence that you're choosing the right product. And I think all retailers can learn some lessons here. Retailers really need to build this kind of community and participation. And they also need to put the leisure back in shopping. They've got to transcend the transaction. And that's when you get genuine customer loyalty. As Mr. Harry Gordon Selfridge himself once said, a store should be a social center, not merely a place for shopping. Now, I know, I know, this isn't relevant for all retailers. And I also know, easier said than done in the current climate, right? Retailers have ongoing cost pressures. They've got subdued consumer demand. It's a challenging time. You know, retailers are currently operating in this firefighting mode. They're just constantly battling new challenges day in and day out. And I think sometimes it's important that we look up because longer term, this is the direction of travel. And I think retailers should always be looking outside of retail for inspiration. Okay, I promise not to mention another gardening term for the rest of this episode. <laughs> Now, as it's just me on the podcast this week, I want to spend the rest of our time discussing Amazon's Prime Day. What is it? How have competitors responded? And the big question on everyone's minds, will consumers loosen their purse strings for a bargain? Over the course of the next 48 hours, Amazon will offer millions of deals exclusively for Prime members. Prime Day is a manufactured event. It began in 2015 in celebration of Amazon's 20th anniversary. Well, that's how they packaged it, at least. Really, this is a way to stimulate spending in what is otherwise a pretty sluggish period for retail. And more than that, this is about creating a sense of FOMO so that shoppers are lured in by the discounts. And therefore, in order to access those discounts, what do they need to do? Sign up to Prime. So it's a brazen customer acquisition tool, but it's also about customer retention. It's a way to remind existing customers of all the value they get by being a Prime member. So what is new this year? Well, Amazon always goes big on discounts for its devices, and there's no change there. 
What is new is more personalization. There are a ton of deals that are based on past purchases or browsing history, for example, instead of just deals being thrown at you by category. So that's a change. And in fact, Amazon says that at least in the U.S., there are over 40 personalized deals categories this year. Now, that's more than ever before. And clearly, this is a bigger priority for Amazon. Yes, Amazon is the everything store, but it's not exactly the inspirational store. In fact, I would say that Prime Day is probably one of only two times a year where shoppers actually take the time to browse on Amazon. The other time, of course, being Black Friday. But many of us simply transact on Amazon. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. You know, Amazon, for all its amazing benefits, for all of its convenience, it is functional. It is transactional. It is utilitarian in many respects. And this is a unique opportunity for Amazon in that it's got a captive audience. Shoppers, for once, actually want to discover products. They want to see what they could be tempted by, what you know, what kind of discounts are out there. So it's a really different mindset. And I, so it's, I think Prime Day is really important in that respect. And it's a tough climate. So it's really essential that Amazon gets the right deal in front of the right shopper because they'll, they'll lose that opportunity quickly. I mean, people are being very budget conscious. They're, they're extremely price sensitive right now. And I'll come on to the value aspect of all of this in, in a couple of minutes. Now, what I do in terms of, you know, filtering through the endless deals, I tend to Google Prime Day deals find a magazine or a newspaper that I think might, you know, resonate with, you know, or might be relevant based on my interests. And then I just scroll through the editor's curated list. So I actually did that with, I think it was Hello Magazine. And I discovered a ton of beauty buys, actually, that I was not expecting. So that was really helpful. Amazon is clearly trying to bring an element of that curation in-house so what they've done this year is they've introduced deals feeds that feature shoppable videos and shoppable photos from influencers and other customers and also a number of brands as well. One of the slight challenges with this attempt at personalization, as some of you have highlighted to me on Twitter, is that many of us use Amazon as a tool to check prices and read reviews. I'd say an overwhelming majority of us do that, right? Even if ultimately we end up buying the product elsewhere. But if we do end up buying the product elsewhere, for example, if we're in a store and we just want to know more about the product and we want to we want to make that transaction and walk home with the product right then and there, we're you know, we're going to go on to Amazon because there is an absolute treasure trove of information, reviews, you can price compare, the list goes on. Uh, so the problem, of course, is a lot of the deals could end up being for things that we've maybe researched on Amazon but bought elsewhere. So not exactly relevant then. Now, most of my recommended offers <laughs> were sadly very relevant, and they totally screamed working mom. Like totally, totally screamed working mom. So I had Brita filters. I had printer paper. I mean... Barbie, Legos, tons and tons of Lego because I probably use Amazon 
the most for kids' birthday parties. And, you know, that, oh, I forgot there was a party the next day. And it's just, I could run out to my local supermarket, but it's so much easier to just a couple of taps and have it turn up on your doorstep. So I, I very much use Amazon in that, um, in that way. So yes, relevant, but a little bit uninspiring. <laughs> Which is a shame because I had to go, again, as I said, I discovered a ton of beauty buys through uh, an external source, which were great. Uh, they just didn't, Amazon wasn't able to reach me with those deals. So uh, clearly more work to be done. And there was actually a really good deal on that Elizabeth Arden eight hour cream, like half off kind of good deal. And I ended up buying it, but uh, it did make me chuckle buying it given it's unexpected endorsement from Prince Harry earlier this year, <laughs> but clearly no such thing as bad publicity, right? So a few more interesting things to call out. In the US, Amazon is making a play for live shopping. It's offering exclusive deals through a sort of two-hour game show on TikTok. Clearly, I'm not their target customer there. <laughs> Uh, in the UK, they're also doing something kind of interesting. First time they're doing this. Uh, they are, it's a little bit confusing this one, but they are selling experiences, but you kind of have to win the experience because it's linked to a product. Um, and it has a similar sort of FOMO vibe as the live shopping. So let me just explain. There are five experiences that drop at different times and each one of those is tied to a prime day deal so a prime day product for example uh, once the a certain football becomes clickable it's a miter impel football once that becomes clickable the first person that buys that ball also wins a football training session with yaya Torre, who my 10 year old assures me is a pretty cool prize so yeah, that's that's interesting. I think the proposition is a little bit convoluted. I'm not sure shoppers are really clear on how it all works, but um, also the <laughs> the product to experience link can be a little bit tenuous. So one of the experiences, for example, is to go on the set and meet the cast of Neighbors, the Australian soap opera. And the winner gets two flights to Melbourne. They get a week stay at a five-star, sorry, a four-star hotel. And all they need to do is to be the first person to buy, wait for it, an Amazon Basics HDMI cable. <laughs> Slight mismatch there. Um, but yeah, any chance to plug a private label product, right? Lastly, and forgive me for stating the obvious here, but we have to call out that there is a much greater focus on value this year. And I don't necessarily mean that the discounts are deeper or more widespread than, than in previous years. Although Amazon does say that that is the case. Amazon, let's see, I think Amazon says, they say they will, sorry, they will offer more deals than any Prime Day event before with new deals dropping every 30 minutes during select periods. So that's from their press release. So yes, they're saying, you know, there are the, the deals are out there. There are uh, bargains to be had. But what I've noticed in terms of value is that Amazon is devoting prime real estate to helping shoppers stretch their budgets. They're helping shoppers to shop more smartly. 
So, for example, steering them towards private label, something Amazon's always done. They have an incentive to do that. But they're doing more of that this year, um, steering them towards their own brands. They're offering 20% off groceries. So, again, focusing on the essentials, the consumables. Again, Amazon has an incentive here because they are not exactly excelling in the grocery space. And that is clearly... Uh, a longer term ambition for them. So again, another opportunity to perhaps acquire customers. So they're not doing all this out of the goodness of their heart is is the point. (laughs) Uh, The other thing they're doing is 30% off returned items. So again, another way for shoppers to get value for money, because we know that as soon as a product is returned, it loses a chunk of its value. So this is a great way for shoppers to Again, shop more smartly. Andy Jassy himself was on CNBC last week, and he said that consumers are still buying. They're still willing to spend, but they're very conscious about price in this uncertain economy. People are trading down whenever they can, and they're interested in bargain hunting. Those are his words. And naturally, the competition won a piece of this action. In the U.S., Amazon's major rivals have launched their own discounts this week to capture some of that Prime Day spillover. And the difference, of course, with those deals is that they're open to everyone, not just Prime members. So you've got Target doing Circle Week. You've got Walmart doing Walmart Plus Week. And Best Buy's version is going to make you all cringe. (laughs) Sorry, I'm going to pick on Best Buy. Black Friday in July. Yep, they've gone there. Oh, Black Friday is, you know, as we all know, Black Friday these days is more like Black November. And I think that we as an industry can really do without bringing it any sooner and diluting that appeal even further. But anyway, I won't pick on Best Buy too much. But yeah, there's been a really strong reaction in the U.S. That's the point. In the U.K., there hasn't been this kind of reaction, which kind of surprised me, I have to admit, because they have reacted in the past. So this year, virtually nothing from the retailers that you would expect to have some type of promotions going on. Virtually nothing from Argos, from Curry's from toy retailer the entertainer and if you look at the disc uh, sorry if you look at the department stores it's just the usual level of discounting the lack of promotional activity this year makes me wonder if they think perhaps it's not worth the effort and that consumers won't bite or that they will bite but at too great a cost so that's it from me this week amazon is actually hosting an analyst event later in the week and i will be there Assuming it's not entirely Chatham House rules, I'll report back on Prime Day findings and anything else that comes up that's worth sharing. Until then, happy shopping. Thank you for listening to Retail Disrupted. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, please leave a rating or review or share it with others. It really makes a difference.